welcome to the Rising Feminine Collective podcast. I'm your host, Nina Petruzzo, and I'm so honored that you're here. This is a sacred space to inspire, elevate, and amplify your life, your business, your relationships, and your gifts. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Rising Feminine Collective podcast. I'm your host, Nina, and I am so thrilled today to have a dear friend and soul sister and just inspiring human mentor, mama, all the things, Abby O'Keefe on the show today. And Abby, it's so funny because I feel like we've known each other for years. Um, (laughs) We really only connected it's been about a year, I guess, since we first connected through like a mutual group that we were in and just we're so attracted to each other's energy and essence and frequency. And we just developed this beautiful social media friendship, to be honest, like ever since. And we got to connect, you know, more face to face through Zoom a few times, receiving each other's services and gifts, which has been so beautiful. And I've just witnessed Abby in her own evolution really over the past year. And I'm sure she'll have a lot of good juiciness and depth to share with that. But Abby is a kundalini queen. That's how I always think of you, Abby, like the kundalini queen, but she's an entrepreneur. She's been an entrepreneur for many, many years. She's a YouTuber. She has a phenomenal YouTube channel, but truly she's here to simplify ancient yogic practices to help anxious, stressed out women find freedom and have more fun in three minutes a day, which I love because we ain't got a lot of time here. So, so if we can do it in like a short, direct and simple method, which is what I feel Abby is really skilled at is just getting clear and concise and like to the point and really to the heart of the matter. And her videos are incredible because they will, they'll take you through a journey in such a short amount of time, but create a beautiful transformation and change within self. So I'm just so excited to dive into literally all the things, Abby, and just selfishly like have a little girl chat and connection with you because it's been a couple of weeks. So I'm just so honored that you're here. I'm so happy to be here. What an introduction. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. That's all so kind. I love you so much. And yeah, I feel like you were one of my first like Instagram DM connection and friends in this industry. And we hit it off so quickly. And I just, I love your energy. You have just the kindest heart. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing to have a conversation with you a couple, it's been a a little while since we had it for my talk show, but, um, I know on it, we, we talked about having another conversation and I'm just really grateful and excited to be here and to selfishly catch up, have some (laughs) sister chat, some soul sister chat. This is like food for my soul today. It's going to be great. Same, Same. I know. And that's like the beauty of podcasts and Abby just started her talk show on YouTube and we were talking, you know, probably about a month ago when we recorded mine, just how, yeah, fulfilling and expansive and beautiful it is to have these just heart centered conversations and to do it in such an organic and intuitive way. So we're just fully trusting that whatever wants to come alive is going to come alive in this space and it will serve and support you in whatever way it's meant to. And really to begin, Abby, I would love to just hear what has been alive for you, you know, especially since I've last connected with you, I just would love to hear 
what's been in your field, what's been coming up for you, what feels really buzzy in your body right now, and just drop us into that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that it's been a theme in my life, what's been a theme in my life for the last couple months specifically, really since February of this year, and it's it's almost July now, um, is this concept of simplification and, um, and simplifying kind of everything really in my life. And it started initially with my priorities. I'm a mother of two, recent mother of two. Lily just turned a year old. Yeah. And motherhood brings up um, big shifts in priorities, big shifts in just the way that you think about things and the way that you think about life. And I've been having that conversation with myself, with my husband, with friends in the same position. And I started to realize the ways that I was overcomplicating the way that I was running my business, the way that I was living my life. And I started to feel like I wasn't the, the, I, I thought like the passion and the drive wasn't there for me anymore. And what I actually figured out over the last few months is that it's bigger than it ever has been, but it was like watered down with these instructions or these parameters that I thought needed to exist around it. Mm. And I built this like glass house around my business that like, I didn't even know that I didn't even have the key to, you know, it was like, and I figured out that like, it doesn't need a box. It doesn't need, it doesn't, it doesn't even need, um, doesn't need a niche. It doesn't need a, a clear path. It needs the, the path right now. It needs, um, the attention and what I'm, what I'm doing right now. And, um, that has been putting so much energy and time into my YouTube channel and into providing, very simple, really, truly simple meditative, meditative solutions from the Kundalini background for people to navigate their emotional experiences. And right now, I mean, I live in the United States and there's a lot happening and it is intense and I'm navigating that. And I feel like my place right now is showing up to help other people navigate that and, um, and keeping it simple. Like, I, I don't think that it, 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 we don't need to overcomplicate it to overcomplicate things to find the solutions, right? Sometimes they're just right in front of us, staring us in the face. And it's in what you've wanted to do or what you've thought about doing or, you know, whatever is speaking to you. And it can seem the present. A lot of times it's the right path. And so that's like what's been really present for me recently. Uh, I, I relate to that immensely. The, the word simplicity has been very alive for me too, especially over the last few weeks as I've taken a hiatus off of social media and I'm just like off of all the platforms and taking this space to pause and reflect and shed and rebirth and all the things. And what really has dawned on me is just the simplicity of letting myself do that and how simple life actually is if I allow it to be simple. And Abby and I have definitely shared, I think, similarities in our journey, especially in the past year of entrepreneurship. You know, I know that we both have been so committed to growth and evolution and learning and working with a lot of different mentors and other people and, and being in groups and all the things. And at a certain point, I was definitely realizing for my energy that was then beginning to complicate things and beginning to complicate my essence and what I actually desired, my values, you know, the path that I truly wanted to walk. And it's been amazing to like 
strip everything back. And that's kind of what I'm hearing from you too, Abby, just like stripping back all of the layers, all of the shoulds, all of the processes, all of the things that we picked up, which of course have been helpful, will still be helpful in certain ways, but to really go back to the roots and like to the foundation and to the bones of what you're most passionate about. And, and I just love to hear that you're in that space right now too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting. I, at the beginning of this year, towards the end of last year, at the beginning of the new year, I kept hearing and seeing and feeling the same words coming through, which was like, begin again. And it was like in my meditation, I was like hearing them all over the place. And I, I was like, oh, this is like the beginning of like a new product suite. I thought it was like started. And then I realized, no, no, no. Like we are taking, we're going to strip it all away and we're going to start over, but it's not, I don't mean like burning it down and starting over, but it's just starting over with myself and the place that I create from and the purpose that I have. And, and it's been really incredible for me. It's been, yeah, totally life-changing. And I was, I was super happy. It wasn't like I was unhappy in what I was doing, but there was just something that was off this internal dialogue that, um, wasn't quite aligned with what was happening. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Coming back to that, like, you know, deep, holy truth that just like beats, within. And, and I want to get into what you are really passionate about kind of right now. Cause I feel like those passions have really been coming alive, but before even diving into that, I would love for you to share just some of where you've been, you know, you've had a pretty multi-dimensional journey, Abby. And it's funny, Abby and I have like had roots roots in some of the same cities when we both have experienced Boston. And it's just funny how different people's paths, you know, have these components that are similar. And I would love for you to share with our community here, you know, some of where you have been and, and kind of the dynamicism of your business, of your life, of becoming a mom, which is like a huge initiation and amazing. And I want to go more into that kind of later in, in marrying kind of business and being a mom and all of the things, but just, yeah, some of that journey that's really gotten you to where you are now and who you are today. Yeah, absolutely. And Actually, I was just in Boston for a wedding. Um, I was back for the first time in eight years. We moved to Minnesota in 2014 and it was life-giving. It was just me and my husband. It was the first time I'd moved. I'd been away from the kids overnight oh. and it was, um, it was so great. So we just got back on Sunday, but um, that's fun that you mentioned that. So yeah, a little bit about me. I was a kid who, you, you know, you wouldn't have, it was never identified. Um, but looking back, I, I thought something was kind of wrong with me because I was a very anxious kid. I was a very sensitive kid. I was always a very, I was always thinking a lot about death and it was like, not for any reason, nobody was talking to me about it, but it was always the, um, essence of time and the concept of time was very present for me since I was very little. And I was aware of the um, finite nature of time. And it didn't fascinate, instead of it fascinating me, it terrified me. And so that, that concept kind of sparked a lot of anxiety for me. And I was a really anxious kid, really anxious, uh, uh, teenager, really anxious, dwindled a little bit, but it's, uh, it would always kind of flare up. I'd have panic attacks. I'd have, you know, things that would happen with my, around my anxiety. And I 
got married in 2016 and it was one of the most stressful times of my life, not because I didn't want to marry my husband, but because um, was planning this party for this many people. And I don't, I'm not like a super organized planner person generally. Um, And so it was really stressful. And I kind of had a breakdown point after about four months after we got married, that was what some people would call like a spiritual awakening, awakening now. But I, um, it was like, if I, if you had to describe it as rock bottom, it wasn't like, it could have been much worse for me, but it was bad. It was as bad as I'd ever felt. And, um, I went through that experience. And then, uh, like two weeks after that opened an email with a Kundalini meditation in it that changed my entire life. And, um, and the way that I saw the world and the way that I saw myself and the way that I saw my place in it. Mm -hmm. And I felt in that meditation, it was just three minutes. It was a meditation to clear emotions from the past. Perfect for me. (laughs) And I did it. And I felt, I know I felt true, genuine, authentic peace without any undertone of fear that I'd ever felt in my entire life. And I knew it was just this it was probably the first like download I would describe coming through with this, like knowing that intuitive knowing without the fear, it came through that if I can feel this for 10 minutes, I can feel it forever. And I, and I, and that sparked a lifelong pursuit of inner peace. Mm -hmm. And I made a promise to myself and I made a promise to God that if I found it, that I would teach other people how to find it too. Mm -hmm. And that's been my mission ever since. Yeah. Mm. That's where it wanted to take me today. Not so much about Boston today, but that's where the story took me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And, and I just love, you know, and I feel obviously like our journey, our life experience, the, the moments that we meet are really here to, um, to shape us and they take us on the journey to our destiny, whatever that is meant to look like. And, And again, though, you have to meet it in a way in which you're willing to allow, you know, your circumstances to become the masterpiece and right to like, let the mess become the miracle and and the breakdown become the breakthrough and all of the things. And I, I would love to hear Abby too, like how you really supported yourself and like staying committed to that, because I know a lot of people will feel that like, you know, bliss moment or like peace moment. And then, right. And then it's fleeting. And then we go back to like the same patterns, behaviors, beliefs, thoughts, all of the things. And I would love to hear like, and I know Kundalini is a big piece of it for you and a tool that you utilize to help you kind of stay that course. But I'd love to hear what have been some of those anchors for you. And also, just what would you say to any woman who is in that position where she's maybe meeting the breakdown or feeling in the mess or, or navigating through the mud um, to kind of inspire and empower her to the other side into that remembrance of, of truth, you know, which is peace and love and all of those things and um, how you would support her in navigating that. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great question. I'm going to try to answer it, but let me know if I miss anything or feel free to interject, but Um, for me, a really big part of, of that journey and that spark and experiencing that peace was for the first time understanding that I wasn't my anxiety. So I was always, as I got older, I was labeled like almost anxious Abby or anxiety Abby. Like people would almost refer to me as that. Mm -hmm. And so it became a part of my identity. My, 
a pattern of fear. And so I just thought it was who I was. I thought me being anxious was a, like a, a character trait, a personality trait, and that like, I could never get rid of it. Um, and so everything I did, no matter how much joy I had riding a roller coaster, you know, like going on a road trip, like whatever it was, it all, it always had an undertone of like, how could this go wrong? And so in that moment and in, in, in that moment, and in so many moments after what I held on to was that this was a part of my identity that was placed on me mostly by other people and that I had an ability here and a, um, an opportunity really to reclaim who I wanted to be in this world. And I knew having experienced 25 years of my life with really deep internal anxiety, I didn't like that person and I didn't want to be that person. And so to find out that that's not who I really was, was mind, mind bending to me truly. And so, um, it, it couldn't have stopped if I wanted it to the dedication and the commitment, because I was so committed to changing it. And I was so committed to, I'd done talk therapy, you know, I'd explored, but I'd always been taught that I needed to cope or manage, not that I could heal. So when I did this meditation, I felt like the door to healing cracked open. And I was like, I'm going to kick this thing down and get to the other side. And really, and, and experiencing the low moment, I'll be honest with that too, is it was really, really bad. I mean, I didn't sleep for a week and I was almost hospitalized and it was, you know, not, not to, you know, maybe put a trigger warning on this for anybody who experiences panic attacks, but I just, I, um, because it was so bad, I never wanted to be back there. So I was going to do whatever I needed to do to heal. And that's what I really, what I really held on to. And I think that, you know, anybody who's experiencing a lot of anxiety or, you know, depressions, it's, it's, it's all similar thing, any mental wellness, um, disruptions in your life, any overwhelm with your emotions and your emotional experiences, any cycles where you're feeling or feeling the same feeling over and over again, that's uh, uncomfortable or thinking the same thought over and over again, that's uncomfortable. I would say like, um, it's not who you are and wouldn't it be a really incredible journey to find out who you really are. Oh, that makes me so emotional because because that's exactly how it felt for me. You know, Mm. I didn't know any, I didn't know any other way. Yeah. Well, and I love that you just like, you know, it's even what you just said, Abby is such a powerful reminder for me. And I, I was listening to a a sermon this morning by Sarah Jakes Roberts, who's amazing. If you want like girl talk, like with faith in God, but like she was talking about nurturing the inner child. And I think that piece is a big piece of both of our work that we do. And I was kind of unraveling my own, you know, self-sabotaging thoughts, behaviors, beliefs, right. That little part of me that still is holding on to certain identities from childhood. And I think what you just said, that remembrance that, these things aren't your identity and really starting to remember that you don't have to be attached to what other people told you you were, what you've believed you've been just because that's been the story for, you know, 20 years or whatever. It's like really being able to separate yourself from that is so powerful. And then I I think sometimes it does take being in the depth of, of kind of the breakdown. I, I, I had a similarly enough, like more in 2017 was my dark night of the soul. When I went, that was me too. It was like (laughs) March of 2017. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. Mine was May and June. So yeah, it's, I don't know what was going on at that time, but 
I feel 2017 was a huge, a lot of people I've connected with has said that was like a big turning point year for them. And they met the darkness to like find and remember the light. So I don't know, something maybe was happening in the, the, you know, the field, the cosmic fields here. Yeah. What year were you born? 88. Same as you. Me too. So that would have been Saturn return, right? Yes, it would have been it was. 29. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was like that. Yeah. Saturn period, the depths yeah. of all the things, but, but yeah. And I, I think meeting that moment in myself too, it was a time that I never felt that way. And it was so hard. And then I also remember at the same time, knowing that there's another way, and I'm going to be committed to the other path in this remembrance of who I actually am. And that was, I feel the, the, catalyst of really remembering and reclaiming who I was at my core over my conditioning. And I think that's such a huge piece of our journey because we just get labels on us kind of our whole life where we strive to belong or check off these boxes to be in these groups or to be this way or that way. And, and I feel, especially for the feminine journey, it's like the great unraveling of all of that to really come home to our bodies, our hearts and our truth. And I know that that's such a big part of your mission to Abby, like, and I, and I would love to hear like your passion in that and like how you continue to share that with other women and really to like what you're most passionate about right now, because, and cause you came from a really, you know, you were in the fitness industry and I think in nutrition and then found more of this spiritual path with yoga and Kundalini. And now to me, your practices are, are really multidimensional. You know, they're really working on the mental, the physical, the spiritual, the emotional. And I, I would love to hear how you like merge all those realms together. Really? Yeah, that's a great question. And I wanted to just piggyback off of something you said or pointed out because I thought it was really great that you said, knowing there's another way. And I think that was so essential. And if you're listening to that, it might spark something for you, but I couldn't have fathomed that there would be another way for me. It was a feeling. And I guess this leads perfectly into this next thing because people, even if somebody would have told me you can live without anxiety, I would have said bullshit. (laughs) I do not believe you. Like I I have lived for 25 years with it. How are you going to just tell me that? I needed to feel it. And so, and I'm a highly sensitive person with a highly sensitive nervous system. And so my work, and like you mentioned in the fitness industry and, and then moving over to Kundalini yoga is all somatic in nature. It's funny that you describe it as multidimensional. I think it is, but I don't have the word for it. I think the closest I've ever gotten is like a Kundalini yoga therapist. That's really what it feels like. (laughs) I do a little bit, but, um, somatic experiencing somatic movement. So I think for me, it was like, I knew like going to talk therapy and even just talking it out with friends, it would always help me to dump it out, but I never got anything back. So there's, I started to have this big release of emotion. I could release emotion and get it out. But then it was like, I didn't know what to do and I didn't actually feel different. So the Mm -hmm. next time I was triggered, then the thoughts just came and I just would have to talk them out again, but it never felt like anything was connecting. So then I figured out 
Um, I had always worked out. I'd been, I was a tennis player my entire life, played in college. Um, I was always an athlete. So I was always using exercise as a way to burn off my extra energy. That's what people would tell me, coaches, my parents. Um, and that's the way I felt. So I'd think like I have to burn off the energy. I didn't know I needed to alchemize it um, and transmute it and, and, and transform it and just, and change it or like change it's what it was focusing on essentially, or that I even had the power to do that. I thought I was just like somebody who had more energy than people and I needed to just get rid of it. And so it was always something I was trying to run from or escape from. Mm -hmm. And what I realized and the game changer to me was that fear is not innately bad. And this was coming out of my, like I, I ran 3S Fitness for four years, kind of at the tail end of that was 2017. I'm still running 3S till the end of 2017, but that's when I experienced that dark night and had that. And I came out of that and I was like, there's something missing. Like I've, oh, I've still been running and now I need to integrate. Now I need to be in relationship with fear and I need to learn how to be in relationship with all my emotions, not just the good ones and the good ones. I put that yeah, in air quotes. Quote yeah. Yeah. The good ones. And, um, and learn how to understand what my fear, like what it was communicating with me. So, um, I would, that was a, a big part of it that was just a big part of it for me understanding that fear isn't bad that emotions aren't innately bad and that feeling them isn't bad it just means you're having a very human experience and I think that all ties into perfectionism too like my whole life I was, I'm the oldest of four girls I was the role model I set the standard I set the tone and I was only I was just trying to follow all the rules and do what everybody told me to do to be a quote good little girl quote yeah and totally um, relate. yeah that is all I needed to do so then I get to I'm, I'm older in life and I'm like, what do I like? What do I want to do? Like, who am I? And, uh, and I started asking those questions and, and, and kind of slowly discovering the answers, but yeah, I think learning how to be in relationship with my emotions came from not thinking about it and not doing journaling, not talking about it. It came from learning how to move my body differently. And that started with Kundalini, but then it, you know, I do a lot of tapping. I'm a Reiki master, which I love so much. Um, and that's just taught me how to work with and play with and use subtle energy to support me versus drain me my entire life it drained me. And so being a Reiki master is very cool for um, a highly sensitive who has anxiety because it's like, I can alchemize this energy. I can I can shift this, you know, I can, I can call on different frequencies and channel different frequencies and energy is available. It's infinite. It's available to all of us all the time, as is love. Love is energy. So yeah. um, when I started like learning all those concepts and, and things that stopped becoming about, I just move my body to move my body and exercise my body. And I started to build trust with my body. And that was the game changer. I was realizing that I would dump it all out so that somebody would say, but you're okay. And then I would take that and run with it. And I'd be like, okay, Tim said I was okay. So I'm definitely okay. And I just outsourced all my trust. Yeah. I outsourced all my power and somatic work, uh, body-based work has made it so that I can trust my body. And um, that's been super incredible. I had anxiety for the first time when we got off the plane in Boston in a really long time because I was away from my kids. Yeah, We got to the hotel and I was like, I do not know if I can calm down Tim. And he was like almost passive because we landed at like 1230 AM. And so he was super tired. He was almost asleep. And I was like, I don't think I can calm down. And I just put my hand on my heart. And I was like, this isn't, has nothing to do with the place and everything to do with you. And then I was like, I trust myself. And I was out in like 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, you just said so many powerful things, Abby, what, what just like really spark. I mean, I can relate so deeply and I was the oldest of my two brothers and sisters setting the example, being the role model, you know, setting the tone, following the rules, making sure I was doing the right thing so that, you know, I was the good girl and, and it, it did it, it, it helped it, it essentially made me like, forget what I actually wanted and who I actually was, because I was just living kind of for everybody else. And again, that very like fond response, people pleasing, sacrificing myself to, you know, appease whoever was around me. And that took many years to unravel, but something else that you said, that was a huge shift for me too. When I came to yoga actually was really being in my body from a place of devotion instead of discipline. Like my whole life, it was very disciplinary. Like I was a ballet dancer for 22 years. So it was like a very regimented technique driven way of being in my body. And I really wasn't in my body. I was just like living with my body for a long time. And then yoga brought me back into my body and into this place of, of devotion and coming back to love. And you and I are like, so on the same wavelength with the somatic body and really being in relationship with the body and learning how to process emotions through the body. Cause same for me, it's like, I went to therapy, like talk therapy for 10 years, which was amazing. You know, I had some great therapists, but it always felt like there was this missing piece. It, it was like this disconnect from my mind and my body. And until I really began these deeper body-based practices, I really wasn't making sustainable change. I was just continuing to like kind of dump the problem, but then I would like repeat the pattern, you know, until I could really understand it through my body. And, and I would love to hear, I know that you use tapping Abby is phenomenal Reiki master. I've had Reiki from her. She's fantastic, yeah. such a nourishing support, but I would love to hear too, like when you are in those moments of maybe kind of heightened emotions and, you know, you just shared a great experience being in Boston, but just for anyone listening who meets those states, that anxiousness or fear or doubt or whatever it is, you know, what are some of the things that you like to recommend or tell people to try to start to like move that within themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So there are a few things, a few things I did at the beginning that were eat really easy for me. Something like really simple is just left nostril breathing. So left nostril is parasympathetic. So if you close your right nostril with your right thumb, breathe in and out through the left side, but some people are triggered by breath or they don't like the thought of limiting the air. And so if you're in the middle of it, um, I would a lot of times count my inhales. So I'd try to slow it as much as I could. And for me, it worked to hold my breath at the top. Cause that would slow my heart rate down and it would like calm my body and then try to exhale as slow as I could. So those are a couple of things, but for me now, um, the way that I reassure myself and my nervous system and the way that I've trained my body is just skin to skin. So I usually just use my hands now. And a lot of times that will like, if it's anger, if it's frustration, um, it looks like shaking, stomping my feet. Um, if it's anxiety, it's, it's hand on heart, hand on belly. And it's like, I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. Um, it's a lot of repeating 
um, things that would make me feel good, things that I would generally want someone else to be telling me, but just giving myself that kind of self-soothing. And even like, if I take both my hands and like press on my heart, cause usually my anxiety pools around my heart center. So I would get palpitations or racing heart yeah. or flutters. Um, and so kind of pressure on the chest. Um, the other thing is like, if you struggle with like low level or high level chronic anxiety, the biggest game, one of the biggest game changers for me has been, I take cold showers every single day for a minimum of two minutes. And mm-hmm. I do ice cold and I twirl around and and it's, it activates your parasympathetic nervous system. It brings all your blood into your organs and then it flushes it out. And it is, it's strength system. And it's a part of Kundalini yoga. It's, it's taught in all teacher trainings and, um, it sits at the base of the spine. If you're unfamiliar, it's like a snake kind of coiled at the base of the spine and it rises up and down the chakras, kind of like clearing the way. And yeah. And moving that energy. And if you're familiar with polyvagal theory or the vagus nerve, the same highway that the vagus nerve runs and vagal tone is your ability to essentially move between sympathetic and parasympathetic, you know, that like mobilizing energy and the calming effect easily. And so when you do Kundalini yoga, you're toning your vagal nerve, your vagus nerve and building vagal tone so that you can calm yourself down more easily. So, I mean, the most consistent practice I do is Kundalini yoga. It has worked the best for me. Um, and I do it, I do it every single day and I share all of it on Instagram. Usually my flows that I do, cause it looks different. It's like, sometimes, um, it's just like some stretching and then a meditation. Sometimes it's like a little bit more movement, but that's the practice I'm most committed to, but there are a lot of different ways and there are a lot of different things that you can do. And I had probably a six month stint where I loved tapping. EFT is fantastic. It's so reassuring the acupressure and the speaking it out loud. Um, if you've never done EFT, it's emotional freedom technique. I'm sure Nina's talked about it. And I think, do you have it in being in the body? Is there tapping in there? Yeah, there is. Yep. Yep. There's a practice. Yeah. And I, a lot of times intuitively tap too. So like, instead of following the points. Like if I'm having anxiety around my heart, I'll just tap my heart and say things like I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm protected. I'm okay. This is okay. This will pass. And just giving myself that reassurance, saying it out loud is different. If you've got a tricky, negative fear-based internal dialogue, say it out loud. Cause when you hear it, you'll see, you'll, it's a different feeling. It's like, huh? Okay. Yeah. I'm ready to let that go. You know, versus hearing it in your mind is it's more confused. Yeah. Dang. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh my gosh. And I love, yeah, all of those, those tools. And it, I needed that reminder of the cold shower. Cause I've been trying to do that more and more. And, and I'm like such a baby with the, um, with the cold water, but it's been something that I've been trying to really, <laughs> really like make sure I do at least for like 30 or 45 seconds at the end of my shower. It's so huge. And, and yeah, Abby and I are both super, super passionate about the nervous system and really the vagus nerve and doing that toning in the body. And, and I kind of tap the same way. I'm very like intuitive. If I, I'm engaging in that practice at this point now. And like, and speaking out loud is so big. And that's, you know, I I used to do it more speaking to myself. I now kind of like pray and talk to God. And that's kind of my anchor of how I help my body calm or like release or share what's on my heart and just kind of let it go from my channel. 
um, that prayer is like a really helpful conversation with me, but for me, but that's essentially the same thing as like talking out loud to yourself and like speaking out, you know, I am safe. It's okay to release. It's okay to do whatever right now. It's, it's really creating that safety again in the body. So I love all those things that you just shared, Abby, those are super powerful for anyone to hear because we need those tools. And I think what you said about the skin to skin is so important. And I'm sure, you know, I bet you really recognize this raising your daughters and like having that connection with your little ones. And I think that it becomes very apparent how necessary that kind of contact and connection is. But I think we forget as adults, how important and necessary that skin to skin, that touch, that physical contact really is. And I mean, given our world, the last couple of years and not having accessibility necessarily to that fully has made such an impact on our emotions, our spirit, our psyche, all of the things. So I just think that was such an important point to bring up. <laughs> I know. And we'll just like laugh about this part. Abby and I are just laughing. We're, we're coming back online now. <laughs> and I think, I think that we, we are just like so in sync, Abby. And I, I think what I was saying was just like how passionate we both are about the nervous system and really finding this dissension from the head into the heart and really creating that bridge between the mind and the body and, and really recognizing the importance in that, because we can only get so far in the mind, but we know that the body just houses and stores the deepest wisdom. And, and I would love to hear, I think we were just kind of reflecting upon both of those like energies that we were just sharing in that, but, um, yeah, just anything else that you want to share about that, it would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that connection is so important. And, and even when we were talking about skin to skin, I'm remembering, I'm like remembering the conversation. Yes. From- oh yes. Skin to skin. Yes. That's where we were. But that touch. Skin- yeah. The reason that when we come into this world, like that's the most important thing to do with your mother is have skin to skin. And they put the babies on me right away, both my babies and skin to skin with the dad and it builds a bond. And so, um, if you aren't touching yourself and I'm not just talking about like self-pleasure though, that's part of it too. If you're doing that, like if you're not touching yourself at all, if you're not like practicing, that then it's, you know, it's going to feel foreign. It's your body isn't going to feel like it has a real relationship with you. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't have to be sensual touch. It doesn't, it's just, but it's, it's just, um, that act of just hands on heart, hands on belly, or even just like your hands on your knees. There's uh, so much nuance there that we don't feel every day, you know, when we're just like doing things and running around. So intentional, touch of just noticing the weight of your hands on your legs and just saying things like I'm safe or I'm protected or I'm loved or whatever it is that makes you feel good builds this like connection with your body that your body really craves because your nervous system stores the codes for everything. So when your mind doesn't remember, your body remembers. And so that's why we have these when we're triggered and we have these physical sensations that arise and we don't even know why we're triggered, but our heart's racing or our palms are sweating. And it's because our body is remembering something or it's anticipating something based on a past event, whether it was your life or something that you read about. It really stores all these um 
all the energetics. And so regulating and, and your nervous system is really about building trust with your body. It's like, how do I feel safe again? I'm unsafe. How do I feel safe again? Like bare bones, simplifying, because that's who I am. Yeah. Your nervous, regulating the nervous system is just coming back to safety. Yeah. How do I feel? And so I do the things that make me feel safe. And I just wanted to throw one, this is kind of a mental, a mental tool. Um, we're talking about, about the body, but this came through right before I lost connection that felt important to say, which is in Kundalini Yoga, we study 10 bodies, the 10 bodies. Mm -hmm. And there are three mental bodies that are a part of that. The negative mind, the positive mind, and the neutral mind. The negative mind sees kind of the ways that it could go wrong or what could not be beneficial. The positive mind sees all the ways that it could go right. And the neutral mind takes that information and then it makes the decision that's best for you in that moment. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have really strong negative minds and completely dormant positive minds. Totally. And so I have found yeah. So I have found because I have a natural inclination, I've always thought of myself and people would say that I'm a really positive, optimistic person, but the internal dialogue is overly negative and judgmental. So I may come across that way from the outside, but inside I'm judging every single thing that I'm doing. Yeah. So, Same. So because I have that, because I have that, I see something in my mind is like, that's not safe. And here's why. Do, 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 do. And then my neutral mind is like, okay, we're not doing it. And then my positive mind is like, but I didn't get a chance. So yeah. what I've been myself to help with this is in a moment where I feel like my mind is going down this negativity spiral. I stop, take a breath. And I say, how could this go right for me? And I just give my positive mind a little sliver of a window to come in and say, do, 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 do. And it has dramatically shifted my mindset because I'm just allowing my like the natural positive mind that I have you everybody has it I know you might not think you do but you have it you're just giving it this little window of like hear me out I've got useful information for you yeah and then it just can, can kind of help find that balance in the mind a little bit too I love yeah I love that and it's such a great reminder and yeah I mean I'm just laughing at because we're we're so similar I mean like everyone on the outside thinks I'm just like bold courageous like just takes these brave leaps like no fear optimistic and inside my my little child and my like little past like wounds is like oh that's not safe oh, hold on hold on hold on how can this go wrong how could this be you know like totally defeated and and it is it's that opportunity of giving the positive mind a sliver of just something to bring into the room. And, and I have found that to be so helpful. And a lot of that is like my, my dialogue that I do with my inner child or the protector, you know, the part of myself that's trying to, of course, protect a past wound or hurt or experience that my body is now anticipating, just like you said, in the nervous system and, and I love what you said about the nervous system. And this is why I love you, Abby, because you're just like, so you simplify everything. And that's, I feel more of what we need in the world. It's like, and I, I but love, I, felt like I had to overcomplicate it because I needed, yeah. there needed something more, like it couldn't possibly be this simple. And I was like, well, this is just who I am. So we'll just own it. <laughs> yes. And it, it is because truly baseline it's, it's here to help keep us safe. And like really the ultimate goal that we're really aiming at with the nervous system isn't just like this constant state of calm and peace. It's, it's really what you've been speaking to flexibility and resiliency. It's really being able to meet ourselves fully and know how to alchemize, transmute, process, move the energy in a way that is building that flexibility and resiliency thresholds so that we can then meet 
similar experience, you know, an experience that reminds us of our, of our past in, in a different way. It's like expanding the capacity to be able to hold more instead of, you know, just trying to be calm, you know, that's really not it. Yeah. And I think capacity, can we riff on that for a sec and yeah. have a conversation? I find it really interesting because I think in the coaching industry right now, capacity is like such a hot word with nervous right. system regulation. And I feel like I really understand the nervous system, but sometimes I'm like, I don't know what the heck you talking about with capacity when you say, so I just thought maybe like we could for a minute, just, I was, for me, capacity is just like my ability to deal with life. So the way that I see it, like when I'm expanding my nervous system or building resiliency in my nervous system, as we say, it is like, I'm going to give you a real life example. I like I come up for work at three o'clock. Our nanny leaves Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays at three o'clock. So on one day I come up from work at three o'clock. I've had kind of like a less productive day than I wanted, right? Both the kids are both supposed to be sleeping. They're both wide awake. I have somebody emailing me about like a work fire that I need to put out. Tim's like a little bit cranky. I didn't get my workout in. I have nothing planned for dinner, but I'm not losing my shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm keeping, that's capacity so then it's like it's it's just because we're not it's not about like them being the most enlightened being or having the strongest ever nerves it's just like you need to be able to be resilient so that because because old abby i'll be so honest here old abby that didn't know how to regulate the nervous system and was struggling with anxiety would have come up at three o'clock both kids being awake i would have been able to deal with the, the work fire but tim comes in a bad mood and i would have been like you have got to be kidding me Like, absolutely not. I would have gone down a rabbit hole and you slowly start to realize as you do this kind of work that you're like, huh, that used to really drive me crazy. And it doesn't anymore. Yeah. Yes. I guess. What is it to you? Very similar to what you just shared. It's like being able to expand the ability to essentially like hold more, holds the multidimensionality of whatever the experience is presenting itself, you know, like you just mentioned, like five different fires are kind of happening at one time. And am I going to meet that in reaction or response? And how can I know that I'm safe and still anchored and grounded despite the many fires that are happening around me? And to, you know, I always say, you know, it's really to be able to stand in the eye of the storm and not be destructed by the storm. It's like, becoming that woman who's really here to ground and shake the earth that she walks on. She's not going to let herself get spiraled up into, you know, whatever that emotional chaos, which we know is then that immature feminine energy, like just that total spiral chaos energy, maybe then going into victimhood or reaction or wounded princess or whatever might come up with that. Or even then like swinging the other way into more of a fight response, almost into that, like, um, hyper masculine or even more immature masculine of them trying to fix and control and like make, make things go a certain way so that I can maintain my essence of, of control to maintain my safety. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. The way that you described it. I think we've talked about it too in different ways, which is really cool because everybody, everybody hears it differently. It's, you know, you just need one person to say it just the way that you need to hear it um, to be able to have that. Like I experienced, I've experienced that with a lot of different people um, where sometimes I'm like, I have no idea what that means. And then (laughs) I totally get it, you know, makes so much sense. 
Totally. Totally. Yeah. And that, that's why I love having these conversations. Cause it's like, we can jam on these topics that we're both passionate about, but then yeah, it's just like the words hold different energies and the way that we both express is through the little nuances in language. And it does, it gets to like stick and permeate in exactly how it's meant to for whoever is receiving it. And I gain so much from talking to my friends and just women that I admire. Cause I'm like, Oh, like such a good example. Or I should like that perspective gets shifted and reshaped for me. So I like, I love it so much. Yeah. Something that's dropping in that like, I don't, this isn't fully fleshed out. So, um, yeah, feel free to give an opinion on it here, but is, I don't think it's, it's, I don't think nervous system regulation or uh, capacity or a strong nervous system directly correlates to patients. But for some reason for me, maybe because I'm a pretty impatient person, naturally, um, it comes through as that, like, I think patience is learned. And I think that yeah. that's almost what capacity feels like to me is just the ability to like, be very patient with my life, myself, my kids, my yeah. husband, my world. It's just like, can I just sit with this? You know, can I just yes. sit with this? Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. And I'd have to flesh that out more too, but I I do think that that's a huge piece of it. Cause I think too, it's like when we unravel, I mean, I definitely had like a urgency trauma response. Like most of my life was managing a lot of fires and maybe you can relate Abby, like being first child, kind of like leading the pack. And, you know, I, I grew up with a lot of emotional instability in my, in my family system. So I was like always having to kind of react in control in a way and almost act urgently so that the fire wouldn't like ignite and I could maybe maintain it staying a little bit tamed so that it wouldn't like blow up. And, and then I could see how that made my nervous system was like always a little bit in that fight or like even in, in the fawn state for most of my life. And then like in my twenties, I notice myself always acting out of urgency and I I have Mars and Aries. I'm pretty impatient at as well at baseline level. And like, I tend to move quick and I initiate and I do things quickly. And I've realized where that hasn't been to my highest interest. And I've witnessed now where I've really just did that from a trauma response, like this feeling that I had to do it like that because it was maintaining a false sense of control. And I feel like the more I've been able to come into relationship with my body and my nervous system and establish again, that more baseline safety, I've been able to find deeper patience and really like dissolve that sense of urgency. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like, again, we're just so similar. I act from urgency. I was very big reactor and controlling and seeing that control. And I've also been in a lot of traumatic situations. I've been in like six car accidents where it was like, I control my kid, my sisters were all really little and they, you know, were hurt. And I was, but it was like, I didn't even care. You know, I was just helping my dad yeah. get it done and calling and whatever we needed to do. Um, and so I've been in situations where it has been really beneficial. And then I've been in situations where it has not been. And so it's, you know, finding that balance because I, I don't like, um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a part of, I think it shifted a little more. And there are definitely times where and where it doesn't. It's just about identifying those and, and learning how to discern between those for me, for sure. It's not something I, I try to get rid of like all the way or like, you know, fully be calm all the time. That's not, it's like we need the mobilizing energy still. Yeah. But, um, but, 
visceral reactions, you know, you, you observe those and you're like, huh, where did that come from? <laughs> That's to- interesting. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's like that word that keeps coming up in this conversation is like that, that resiliency and like just understanding how to have the awareness to respond instead of react and like just how we get to meet every moment is a little bit different, but like maintaining that, that anchor, which you've spoken to so beautifully and like through the tools and these different practices. And, and I would love to hear Abby too, before we like begin to wrap up, just what are you most passionate about right now? And it can be in anything, not just your business, it could be life, whatever. Um, yeah. What are some of the passions that are really coming alive, um, in any realm for you? Yeah, I think, um, I'm really passionate about having a lot of fun right now and I'm really passionate about play and just kind of breaking down this side of me that, that still is clinging to the seriousness and the overcomplication and the, the role model energy, you know, and I just am having a lot of fun playing. I told you right before we hit record, my husband and I started playing tennis again. Um, I was a tennis player all my life, but I haven't played in like a decade. Mm. And he started playing because I was scared. I was like, I won't be as good as I was. You know what I mean? There's that weird perfection energy. And I mean, I was just laughing. We were cackling on the court. We're having so much fun. And I just really, truly believe that the point of life is that we're meant to enjoy it. I fully believe that. It's a deep, deep core belief. And and so when everything was feeling really heavy and clunky and I was like, something's missing and it was fun. And that's why it's a part of my bio. And at the beginning of most of my YouTube videos, I put bloopers in and like funny little things that I say or little mess ups that I do. And, um, you know, I just, I want it. Like, I love, I'm really passionate about helping people discover these tools that can really change their lives and their minds, their bodies, their souls, especially around anxiety. That's always been my passion because it's my story, but I am deeply passionate about bringing fun to everything that I do. I'm I've always been a fun person, but I've felt like I needed to be serious in my business and I'm so for it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm ready for that. The fun revolution. Yeah. That's been a huge, a huge inquiry for me as well Is like, yeah, especially this past year when I've been in like my phase of death and like shedding so many things. And I was realizing too, I'm like, wow, I'm just, I'm not having fun. That's a big part of it. I've like lost that spark and that playfulness and that aliveness. And for me, that then called me to like, pause a little bit on my business and reprioritize my life and what gets to come alive in that space and like bring in that playfulness and that wonder and that curiosity. And just like, again, even in creating, and I I don't know if we want to touch on this quick, but like, even in creating, I was realizing where I was like, like creating to create, like creating for others. And my message lately, God has just been telling me like, create for you and me, create for you and me, like, like just do this because you want to, and it's alive and it brings that fun and playfulness and like creative spark in you that makes you feel even more vital. And it's been simplifying that word again, kind of full circle. It's like going back to that, like following the fun, following that excitement, following the passion again. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Like it all opened up for me when I was creating for me and for, and what I wanted to do. And that was like, it didn't make sense for me to go back on YouTube. It takes an enormous amount of time for me to put out all the free content. Like the amount of time do one video is easily an hour. And from the thumbnail to the description to, you know, the and planning it and all the things. So like, it doesn't make any sense because it's not like I get paid for it. I'm a YouTube partner, but you don't make a ton on YouTube videos and that's yeah. fine. But that I am doing right now and I am enjoying the shit out of it. I love it so much. It's fantastic. And I love then taking snippets and putting them on Instagram to give people like an idea of what it is. And it feels so purposeful and it just makes me so happy. Like the happiest I've been in my business in a very long time. And so mm. I second that for you create what you want to create and people will be magnetized to you just how it works it's like you know fear magnetizes more joy magnetizes more it's like you're a match for what you put out it's yeah. not like every second of every people I used to with the thought that like yeah is that going to make me more scared you know would like obsess over you yeah. know I'm doing this I don't want to be scared it's not about that it's just how can you shift your focus to have more fun, to do more for you, to break down some of your own rules in your life and just open up the world? Cause the yeah. world is, here, you know, it's like the sky is the limit. You can do whatever you want. Yes. Yeah. I, so, oh my gosh, just, I love that. And I, I kind of like love how that just like is wrapping this up in such a beautiful bow, like this whole conversation, like create for you, have fun, play, follow the excitement, like trust in what is moving through you in this moment. And, and I, that will lead you to the destiny. And I just, I love that reminder and so powerful Abby. And I would love for you to share, you know, where, cause you do, you have so many incredible resources and tons of free content. And I know that you also do deeper one-on-one work and groups and all the things, but I would love for you to share, you know, where can this community find you and connect with you and essentially play with you, you know, in your, in your playground, in your field over there. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for that invitation. So, um, YouTube is like totally my playground right now. I mean, I love Instagram and I use Instagram every day, but if you search Kundalini queen, you're going to find me. That's like my, uh, YouTube username. And there's so much free content over there and free meditations. I do Kundalini yoga flows and all that. And then, um, and I have some programs and things that you'll find out my website's all over there. So I have a meditation program and other things. And of course do one-on-one work, but try it out, go to my YouTube channel, try a meditation, see if you, you know, like the vibe. And if you can find that feeling that you've been looking for, there's a lot to choose from over there. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's so many resources. I was literally on Abby's YouTube, like before we came on. Cause I was like, Oh, I need to do one of these practices probably after we get, get off of the call. <laughs> I was like bookmarking what I wanted to do. So yeah, Abby just has so many resources and I just feel so blessed Abby for your presence and time and energy and just gracing us with your wisdom and your heart and your truth in this conversation. And it's just been such an honor and I'm so grateful for all of you who have tuned in and have listened and have received. Um, but yeah, just thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This has been amazing. Mm, So fun. We'll do, I'm sure we'll have a part two at some point. So y'all can (laughs) 
wait on the edge of your seat. And yeah, thank you for all those who have tuned in can always rate and review and again, find Abby and, and send her some love. And you can always connect with us with any insights, reflections, um, and downloads that you received here. So until then we'll see you next time.